What's up, potty people, and welcome back to the world's saltiest podcast. I am your host, Elarisella, and this is Pout Palace, as you very well may know if you're tuning in. How's everybody doing? I hope your week was fantastic. My week was satisfactory. Nothing too crazy happened, um, but then again, you know, I'll say that today, and then tomorrow the world will implode. But Thanksgiving happened this week. I hope everyone had a nice turkey day. I spent my turkey days, as I usually do, uh, traveling back and forth. I don't know why I can't talk. Back and forth between my husband's house and my house. So it's only about 15 minutes um, driving, but, you know, it is back and forth. Um, But we got to fit everybody in every holiday, so that's great. And I get two dinners, which, as a pregnant woman, is kind of heaven, I got to say. So... Once James and I eventually move out of our house and get a bigger house, um, we'll probably be hosting Thanksgiving and Christmas and Easter and all that stuff. Um, But I definitely do love soaking in all of the extra food every year. I'm not going to lie. And that's been the past four years, I think, because my husband and I have been together over four years. So we have had four Christmases and Thanksgivings. And speaking of Christmas, it is happening We are officially in Christmas season, and I don't think anybody can argue with me at this point, but it is the most wonderful time of the year. And I'll tell you what's not so wonderful is having to figure out what to buy everyone. I honestly, guys, I am the worst gift giver ever. I don't know what happens to me, but throughout the year, I have the best ideas of what to get people. Like, I know people really well, and I know what they would like. But when it comes to buying Christmas presents, I'm like useless. And then last minute, I have to go, oh, crap, I need to get so-and-so this. And my husband consistently every single year gives me the best Christmas presents that anybody could ever ask for. And it makes me so jealous. Like one year, he got me so many things that his mom had to ask him to stop (laughs) having me open my presents from him in front of the rest of their family because the amount of things that he got me, which were awesome, were like, it was exorbitant. So A plus, get yourself a husband like that. But I don't know why I just like don't have that gene. I I, I feel like I, I'm just not a good planner when it comes to Christmas. I don't know. It's really weird. But I usually will kind of resort to like Black Black Friday to go Christmas shopping um, and I'll have like a small list of things that I know people would want or have asked for. But guys, I don't know if you feel the same way, but I'm starting to, to not care about Black Friday. I really truly think it's a scam and I feel like social media has just helped you know, like expose Black Friday for what it actually is, which is a consumer holiday. But it was a family tradition of mine. Like every single year, we would wake up super early and try to get all the best deals at the mall. And we would do all the doorbuster sales at JCPenney and Best Buy and go to every single store that we could. And I would get stuff half off, 75% off, like the prices were worth it. And we would be there for hours and then eventually at the end of the day when we were finished shopping we would all go through our purchases and crown someone the winner for the day either you saved the most amount of money or you got the most amount of stuff but 
that usually goes hand in hand. And I got to say, like, that was pure adrenaline, waking up in the morning and knowing that I was about to face the battlefield, which is Black Friday shoppers, was just a different time. It was a different time. Like, you see videos of people from, like, 2005 storming into the unsuspecting doors of Target and just people trampling over each other to try to get a flat screen TV that was $100. Like, it was crazy. And it was amazing. And now they're just putting all the prices up the week before. And then, you know, they're they're like inflating them by, by 25%. And then on Black Friday, they're like, oh, everything's 25% off. So then it just goes back to the original price. It's a scam. I wanted to buy a whole bunch of stuff potentially for the baby and stuff for Christmas and I wanted to get some maternity stuff but I put everything in my cart that I thought I would want for Black Friday and Cyber Monday and I took a picture of what the prices were and then Black Friday rolled around and the prices were like two dollars cheaper and they were saying that everything was like 20% off it's ridiculous. It's a scam. So I don't do that anymore. And it's really sad. Um, cause it was a family tradition. We would all have lunch at my favorite restaurant in the world and just, it was great. I don't know, but Thanksgiving is officially over and we did not have any family drama this year. I don't know what my favorite dish is, but I'm always like really big into the mashed potatoes. So I was feeling extra full this year and the rolls. My mother-in-law, when I first went over to James's house for Thanksgiving, my first Thanksgiving with them, my mother-in-law didn't have rolls. Let that sink in. No rolls. And I said, huh, where are the rolls? She said, oh, we, we don't do them. And I guess I must have expressed how appalling that was because every year since we have always had rolls. She gets them specifically for me. And I also introduced them apparently to salted butter, which is hysterical because they were only having unsalted butter. I mean, they do have blood pressure issues in their family. My husband included, he has horrible high blood pressure so they all limit their salt intake but I just simply cannot live a life without salted butter I, I really can't so to accommodate me my mother-in-law gets salted butter and keeps it in the refrigerator for whenever I come over now that that is above and beyond of a mother-in-law I will say but it's just so funny like we were all sitting down for Thanksgiving and <laughs> and she's she walks into the into the dining room and everybody's seated and she has a plate in her hand she goes Elle just to let you know um the salted butter it's, it's right here and everybody laughed at me I guess the even the extended family is in on the joke now but I will not be shamed for my salted butter choices like regular unsalted butter is just it's not it so yeah as for Christmas as well, like, I think we're going to get our tree the first week of December. So that's next week. Actually, it's like in a couple of days. It's crazy how fast this year has gone. I got married in May and I'm having a baby. Like, I got pregnant in August. Life is nuts. Life is nuts. But it's great. And I, I'm going to do a Christmas and New Year's like resolutions episode at some point before um, it actually happens. But 
I just feel so blessed to be going into this new year with so many amazing ha things happening in my life, so many amazing friends, like everything's going so well. But yeah, there hasn't really been anything on social media that I feel like is worthy of talking about. Um, but I have been watching this reality show. It's a game show based on the show Squid Games. And I don't know if any of you have watched Squid Games, but it's a show that um, it's basically revolves around these challenges that these people have to do in order to live. And they're sadistic. Like, it's, it's a horrifying version of Red Light, Green Light, Tug of War. There's one uh, challenge where they have to, like, cut out a shape from a honeycomb with just a needle. And if you fail the challenge or if you lose, you die, you get shot. And it is absolutely crazy, but it's such a good show. And the reality show that I'm watching is, um, cause so the original show is, I think Korean. And, um, I could be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure it's Korean. And so the characters who are, um, who are the main characters and the actors, they're all Korean and they all, you know, they're subtitles. So it's, uh, translated to English, but with this one, it's an, I think it's an American show. They do have, they have a ton of Americans, but they also have sprinkled in like some Italian people, a lot of British people, some Irish people, but it's really cool. Obviously you don't actually die in this reality show, but you do get eliminated um, if you lose and there's like an ink pack that goes off on your chest, um, to stimulate you like, or not simulate, but to like, look like to symbolize you getting shot basically. So it, it's really intense. But was, what was so funny is that I was watching it and I saw a familiar face on the screen and I realized that it was one of the TikTokers who I've actually talked about recently in one of my episodes where I was shaming family vloggers and, or family vloggers and uh, TikTokers and YouTubers. And this was the guy who held his newborn baby um, basically by their neck over the Target tile floors an hour after getting discharged from the NICU. So safe to say I was not rooting for him, but I was very surprised to see him there. I don't recognize anybody else in the show, but it's definitely worth a watch. Like it's really suspenseful, even though, you know, they're not going to die. Like these people are fighting for like $4 million. Like it's the, it's the largest amount of money to be offered as a prize for a game show in television history. So it's absolutely insane. Totally, totally worth the watch. Um, but that's what I've been watching lately and I'm finishing great British Bacon show. There's, I think the semi-finals just aired, so I watched that today, and I absolutely love that show, especially around the holidays. Like, it gives you so many good ideas of things to make if you're going to holiday parties and things. I don't know if any of you like to bake, but if you ever need any recipe recommendations, hit me up. I love to bake, and I like to cook. I'm not very good at, at baking, but I am very good at cooking and I'll still do it even if I'm not very good at it because it's fun. Um, but the only thing really that happened um, was <laughs> some dude got naked in Disneyland on the It's a Small World ride, um, which is why you shouldn't trip acid in Disney, guys. But this guy fully went on the ride, got off the ride, 
walked around, stripped naked, and then went swimming. And then they had to, like, security had to come and drag him out. They had to catch him and drag him out. And if you watch, there's so many videos of it. Like, I guess the ride kept going or something, but people were able to to film this guy butt-ass naked running through a kid's ride. It was insane. I was actually shocked that they allowed it to go on for as long as they did because there's so much footage of it. Like, do they not have people watching these cameras at all times? Like, I, I don't know. You know what is crazy, though? What I just thought about that's kind of related. Um, there have been so many deaths at Disney World and Disneyland, like rides. And you don't really hear about them because... I think a lot of them happened like a long time ago, like in the 70s, I want to say, um, and 80s, like a long time ago when I'm sure the restrictions were a lot less um, on rides and things like that. But they are, there are some crazy conspiracies about Disneyland and Disney World in general. And just like, I know this one, um, I think it might have even been on the same ride. It's a small world. You know what? I'm going to have to look it up. Um, but there was this girl who died because she got crushed. Like there was a spinning platform or something, um, on, on the ride and she got like stuck in between it and she literally got crushed to death as it like spinned. I can't remember what ride it was, but. Oh my gosh, it was crazy. And then there was another one who died in 2023, I think in February, like of this year, someone died because they fell from, I don't know if it was a ride, but she fell at Disney. Um, so like crazy, crazy stuff is happening, guys. Just be careful. I don't trust any sort of rides. Like, I, I'm sorry, even especially carnival rides, like that stuff is not secure, think about it like how it, no I, I'm not that person and my husband is like obsessed with um roller coaster rides and he goes to Six Flags and all that stuff and I would be so happy to go with you honey but I will sit and I will hold your bags and watch as you go on the rides because I am a wuss and I value my life and I just get too scared anyway speaking of scary that had that was a pretty good transition Speaking of scary, this week's topic is one of my favorites, and it is Am I the Asshole? Parenting Edition. So I thought it would be really fun since we just came from the holidays and everybody got to experience many different parenting styles and, you know, not so nice comments from some of our family members about our weight or our looks or our hair or our teeth or all of the above, especially grandmothers who like to be mean. <laughs> I thought it would be fun to talk about them and to talk about their parenting mistakes and decisions and um, judge them because that is what I love to do. So this is Am I the Asshole Parenting Edition and I've gotten all of these answers from Reddit, um, the subreddit called Am I the Asshole? So the first one is Am I the Asshole for Avoiding Exorbitant Parent Rent? 
I, 23 male, am finishing my undergrad in the spring and won't be starting law school until ideally this coming fall, but potentially fall 2023. Naturally, my intention has been to return home for the interim as I've been between classes up until this point. Now, my mother, which is in quotations, 53 female, is suddenly requesting $1,000 a month in rent for the room that I use at her place. This has nothing to do with finances. She's a landlord on a six-figure salary from her teaching job. She doesn't need my money. I'll avoid poisoning the well with details on my relationship with my parents, but I will say I don't think I owe my parent anything. If you choose to have a kid, that is a lifetime commitment to them. I didn't ask for it. I'm posting this as I'm about to start going down the names, uh, down a list of names for help. I don't have anywhere else to go, and I certainly am not going to have thousands of dollars to give to anyone anytime soon. My mother, in quotes, insists that this normal this is normal behavior, and my father, in quotes, agrees and wants nothing to do with myself or her. Am I the asshole for expecting my parent to try to help me? This is one of those stories where I feel like there actually needs to be backstory, like we need to know. Um, we need to know the information, but I, I straight off the bat will say not the asshole just because I understand where you're coming from. Um, but I also don't think that it's unreasonable for your mom to ask you to pay rent. A thousand dollars is insane. Okay. Like that's absolutely insane. That is not, that is not helpful to anyone. And especially she doesn't need that amount of money from what it sounds like you're saying. $1,000 is absolutely ridiculous. And it sounds like if you're in between um, semesters and you're in your undergrad, um, it sounds like you probably don't have a job um, where you could make $1,000 to give someone a month. Or maybe you don't have a job at all, which means, leads me to think that maybe this is a, like, a tactic that your mom is trying to motivate you to get a job. But I feel like... There's so much hostile language in this relating to your your parents. So I feel like there needs to be backstory on why you're you're having a rough relationship with them and why she's expecting you to pay this much money and where your dad kind of factors into it even though you say like he doesn't he do, he agrees but he doesn't want to have anything to do with you or your mom. My brother actually went to law school. Um, he just took his, he just took the bar. I don't, I don't know if he got the results of that, of that yet. Um, but he didn't really work while he was studying for law school and his classes. Um, he did a lot of work relating to his potential career in law school but I always got on his case a little bit about how you know you, you need to have a job and I think it's really important for people to have customer service jobs um, at least once in their life to experience like what that's like I feel like that's a character building um, like experience that you have to go through to be a good person. And I just think everyone at, at some point needs to go through 
the absolute hell that is customer service based shops, whether it's being a server or a, a short order cook or working in a hotel or or a cashier at the supermarket, like whatever it is, like it really truly builds character. Um, so maybe she's saying like, oh, well, you need to contribute. So in order to do that, you need to get a job because maybe the tension is coming from him saying, I don't want to work while I'm just in between my my classes, which I understand. And especially if you have so much schoolwork and studying to do. But at the same time, like, you can't just expect her to um, support you all the time, especially if you're in undergrad. Like, I get that it's your mom, but you're 23 years old. Uh, I think it's time to at least get, like, a part-time job and you know, pay for your food or pay for your water or something like that. I feel like that's a controversial answer. But I moved out of my house to go live with my grandmother and she charged me rent. It was, I think, $100 a month or something. It was nothing. Um, it wasn't nothing, though. And it taught me how to budget. And I had to work in order to keep her happy by giving her the rent money. And I was going to school as well. Granted, it wasn't law school. That is a completely different workload, but it teaches you how to balance, you know? So I think it's important to A, you know, get some sort of part-time job and B, understand that I think it's coming from a point of her trying to help you. The overall point of the point of, um, sorry, the overall vote was not the asshole. And I agree. I don't think you're the asshole. I do think that you need to resolve some issues with your parents. And I think that you need to explain to them that $1,000 is absolutely outrageous and ridiculous. But maybe there's some middle ground where you could say like, oh, I'll get I'll get this job. Um, and while I'm living here, I can contribute X amount of money. I don't know. Like who's paying for your school as well? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I'm not a parent yet you know so I don't know what how I would feel in that moment but I don't think that there's anything wrong with parents asking their kids to pay rent especially after you went and graduated from college already and you're now in your undergrad so to some extent you're 23 years old you should be contributing to paying for some part of your life not a thousand dollars but maybe a hundred you know what I mean Anyway, yeah, everybody says not the asshole. And that might be controversial to you guys. And if it is, let me know because I want to hear the opposite side of this as well. But there was the top comment on this that said, my parents did this when I was that age. It taught me to budget for what I wanted. It taught me to figure out my finances so I could pay rent, although it was low at $200. Budget for snacks and food that I wanted, parentheses, I still ate with the family, but I had to buy my own snacks and my own shelf for and had my own shelf for them that nobody touched. The things that I wanted for fun, I decided to save for. I quickly figured a system out for budgeting that I still use to this day and the money comes back to me. Anytime I need help or fall behind on things, my mom pulls from that account to help me. All of my friends and family were really irresponsible after they got their first job and within a year I had more saved and a better idea of financial security than any of my friends. I still do this to this day. These parents are trying to bleep <laughs> OP dry 
But when done responsibly, this can be a game changer for a kid like me who used to spend compulsively. Totally agree. Totally agree. All right, moving on. Am I the asshole for telling my parents I need to come first for once? I'm 16, about to turn 17, and I've got a 10-year-old autistic brother. He uses his iPad for everything, to eat, to sleep, to get ready for school. Everything. He goes through seven or eight a year. Oh my God. Which is a huge financial strain on my parents. We were meant to go to my favorite restaurant and an escape room for my birthday. And my parents were meant to be paying for most of that. But I saved some of my own money to help them out of it. My brother broke his iPad again last week. So my parents had to pay for a new one. And they say they wouldn't be able to take me out for my birthday. I said that was fine because I still had enough to pay to take care to take myself for dinner. So I asked for that back from them and they told me that they had to use it for a new iPad. I got really upset by this and I asked them why they do that without even telling me first. And they said because they knew that I'd say no and that my brother really needed the iPad. I said my brother could have waited a week and that I never come first and that they need to prioritize me over him for once. They both got angry at me and now aren't going to be doing anything for my birthday because they said I need to stop being so selfish and stop being an asshole because I'll never know how hard it is to raise an autistic child and what his, and this that his needs will always come before my wants. Am I the asshole? No, you are not the asshole. I mean, you are 16, which makes me immediately kind of look at things a little bit differently because I know sometimes teenagers think that their families and their parents are just like their worst enemies and out to get them. But in this situation, you're absolutely not the asshole. They took your money and used it to buy your brother an iPad. First of all, what is this kid doing to the iPads? You go through seven or eight of them a year? Aren't iPads like $500? No, no way, no way. Actually, they're probably even more than that. I'm gonna actually look this up. How much is an iPad? <sighs> okay, so yeah, I was, I was close. They're about $400, $500. Um, I think the most expensive one I'm seeing here is 749. Okay. So let's say that it's an average of $500. And if he goes through eight a year, that's $4,000. That's insane. And I know that, um, care for an autistic child is probably more expensive in some ways, um, than a non-autistic child. And that can definitely be a financial strain. Of course, $4,000 is outrageous. But why do your parents keep buying him iPads? You know, you can get Amazon tablets for like 150 bucks. And I, I don't know, they have to be more durable than this. Like who, what is he doing? Is he just throwing them out the window? Cause then at that point you have to reevaluate and say, well, I guess we're not gonna be doing this iPad thing. Like th there has to be other ways for him to function than to be glued to his iPad 24 seven and destroy them. You know, I don't know. I, I'm weird about the whole iPad kid thing. With with a kid who has a, a disability, obviously it's a different situation and I'm not, I'm not judging this family for doing that at all. But I feel very strongly about screen time usage and children, also very controversial. But I 
I'm getting more and more frustrated with seeing families out to restaurants and their kids are just buried in iPads. And they don't know how to react when the waitress comes, puts the food down, and they have to put their iPad away so that they can eat. They freak out. Like, the generation that is being raised with iPads can't read. I have been t I have been doing research on this because, of course, I'm having a baby. And the benefits and the negative effects of screen time. And I am 100% against screen time, not taking it out completely. You know, I think some programs are cute and, and probably very helpful. Like Miss Rachel looks super cute, but I am just like not going to be one of those parents who gets their kid an iPad because it teaches that your kid can have a reward whenever they get upset. And that way they can play you. And this generation, Gen Alpha, is being raised by computers, not their parents. You know, what does that, what does that say? That's, to me, that's, that's lazy parenting. I'm sorry for anybody who's listening who has an iPad kid. But I, if you don't agree with me, that's fine. But in 10 years when our children and your, our children, my child and your child are, you know, developed we'll see we'll see the ramifications of having screens shoved up our kids noses at all times and I know I sound super forceful about this but it is a, it is a topic that I'm really passionate about because t t teachers are quitting because of how terrible the children are because they can't pay attention without technology. I'm not saying that technology should be completely cut out 100%. Like, I do agree if we have the tool of technology, then we need to use it. But if your child cries because they want attention and you don't want to play with them, every single time you hand them a tablet, that's not, that's not okay, in my opinion. And it is just my opinion. But we are already starting to see the ramifications of people who just put screens in front of their kids' faces all the time. They cannot read. They have no ability to be creative or imaginative because they never have to be. Think about that. Think about how when you were a kid, you, I mean, growing up in the 90s, who, however old you are, but think about when you were growing up as a child before the existence of iPads, you would make games. You would play outside. I sound like a boomer. Oh my God. Y you would, you would be imaginative. You know what I mean? Like you would be bored. I think children need to be bored. It fosters creativity and being imaginative and figuring out how to entertain yourself. And I am no better. I am addicted to my phone. I'm addicted to TikTok, I'm addicted to picking up my phone and checking Instagram, checking my email, checking Facebook Marketplace every 10 seconds. I literally cannot sit and focus on TV without thinking about how I need to check my phone. It's that bad. Now imagine doing that to an underdeveloped brain. You know, I do think technology can be a wonderful tool if used in moderation and used correctly. But when it is used in place of parenting, that is wrong. 
and it breeds children who are impatient, who have learning dis disabilities, who are not creative, who can't function in the real world, and I'm not about it. With this person in particular, it sounds like your parents need to come up with some sort of different solution as in what type of tablet they buy your brother because going through seven or eight is just not possible anymore. And I'm sorry that your parents took your money for your birthday and spent it on your brother. And I think that you too deserve to come first. And you may never know how it feels to raise a child who's autistic, but that doesn't mean that he should always come before you. They need to make you feel special also. In, in a different way. Okay, that was so heated. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I totally understand if people are offended by what I said. Um, because I, I think it takes a lot for people to look in the mirror and realize that what they're doing is not right. Um, and it's okay if you disagree with me. And it's okay if you don't, you, you think I don't know what I'm talking about because I'm not a parent. You know, so many people say, oh, well, just just you wait. When you have kids, you're going to want to grab that iPad and, and get 10 minutes of peace. And you know what? I'm just going to have to be stronger than that. I have resigned myself and, and been determined, and my husband is as well, that when our child is growing up, we're not going to resort to screens. We are determined not to do that. And my parents were able to raise me that way. And I turned out pretty freaking good, guys. So just because I'm not a parent doesn't mean I don't see the ramifications of children who are constantly given screen time all the time. All right, moving on. I'm not going to talk about it anymore. Sorry if I offended any of you guys. All right, am I the asshole for asking my boyfriend to let me do the parenting? Oh, and by the way, the last one, the verdict was not the asshole from the internet. <laughs> My boyfriend and I are going to have a baby girl in 16 weeks. I moved in with him and found out when I found out that I was pregnant. The problem is he also has a 14-year-old daughter from a previous relationship who is extremely spoiled, and it's my boyfriend's fault. Some examples are that she will only wear designer clothes, which I think is very unnecessary for a kid, and my boyfriend has a maid, so she has never done a chore in her whole life. A few weeks ago, I asked her to wash the dishes, and she looked at me like I'm insane and said, F off, the maid will do it. She is exactly how I don't want my child to be. So a few days ago, my boyfriend and I were talking about the baby, and he was talking about his plans for the baby when she's born and how much he's going to spoil her. I told him that it's better if he let me do all the parenting. He asked why and I gently explained to him that he has already raised a child and I don't want my child to end up like her. So it's better if he just leaves the parenting to me. He got mad and he called me an asshole and asked me if, if I have a problem with his daughter. I said that I don't, but I, I want to raise my child differently. And he sarcastically told me that maybe I should move out and be a single parent and see how I like it. Now he won't talk to me, and I'm wondering if I shouldn't have said that. Damn. So just so you know, the verdict on this one from Reddit is asshole. Um, people are not, not happy with with her and the argument is basically like oh well you know you knew coming into it that he had a daughter that he 
spoiled already and you should know better. And, you know, the situation sounds like a sugar daddy situation. So I can understand why he would be offended if you tell him that he raised his daughter incorrectly. Of course, it's his right to feel that way. You know, no one wants to hear that they're a bad parent. That's like the worst insult in the world. But if she's spoiled and she's never done a chore and she's wearing only designer clothes and she's going to curse at you. Clearly she was not raised right. In my opinion, I don't think that there's any assholes here, but I think maybe you're both assholes. I don't know. I feel like you knew when you decided to have a baby with this man. And even if it was accidental, you still decided that you were going to have a baby with this man and raise a baby with this man because you moved into his house. You knew what kind of daddy was. I think you could have maybe said to him, like, I would like to live a different lifestyle and teach our children this. And I would like if we are a united front together. But it sounds like what happened was you said well you were a bad dad and your daughter's a brat and I don't want our baby to turn out like this but regardless this man seems rich really rich and um he has the privilege to have a maid and to buy his daughter designer clothes so regardless of what happens I don't think that he's not going to spoil your child so you need to think about whether or not you want to raise your child with someone who is going to do what he wants regardless um because he has the means to do so I don't know. I don't think that... I think that maybe you're both the assholes in this situation. It was kind of mean for him to say, like, well, how about you find out what it's like to be a single mom? That's kind of messed up. You don't say that to the mother of your child. That is messed up. Um, but from what it sounds like, you really hurt his feelings by calling him a bad parent. And I feel like that would hurt anybody's feelings. So I kind of get it. All right, last one. Am I the asshole for refusing to apologize to my girlfriend's parents? I, 17 male, am moving in with my girlfriend, 17 female, and her parents. Moving in with them. I do not get along well with... <laughs> I do not get along well with them, but I'm trying to make it work. Okay. They had just bought a new kitchen appliance set. Yesterday, I was alone in the house and decided to make dinner for the family. After preheating the oven, it began to smoke. I called my girlfriend's mom, not knowing what to do, but was brought to voicemail. To my surprise, I unknowingly melted a plastic dish cover, causing the oven to smoke, as well as leaving an odd plastic coating throughout the oven. Keeping in mind, I've never lived in a household that stores things in the oven. My girlfriend's mom calls me back after I had already removed everything inside the oven. I tell her what happens and she started yelling at me through the phone that I'm stupid for not opening it to check before turning it on and to stop cooking because she doesn't want her kitchen destroyed. Later that night, when everyone arrived home, I did not say much due to the confrontation that we had on the phone. I do not do well with conflict and tend to get very anxious. My girlfriend told me that I should have apologized to them for almost ruining their brand new oven and melting the plastic. Me being upset and stubborn, I do not feel the need to apologize for the accident, seeing as this was not the first time that her mom has blown up on me for a simple mistake. Am I the asshole? Yeah, you dumbass. Yeah, you're the asshole. You ruined her oven or almost ruined her oven. Brand new, it says. Brand new appliances. 
and you don't think you need to apologize even if it was a mistake but i think it's a pretty common thing for people to to store things in their oven am i wrong i don't know i keep things in my oven i've always done that it's pretty common for people to do that but even if you didn't wouldn't you check first i it's a brand new thing you're moving into her house you're using her appliances I don't know why you're moving in there if you don't even like them and you're not getting along very well. You're privileged enough to be allowed to move into somebody else's home at 17 years old and live with your girlfriend, no less. You know, that's pretty generous of them. I understand that she's going to be upset and say, what the, why are you being stupid? You're <laughs> Maybe she shouldn't have said you're stupid, but you're kind of stupid. Like, you don't open the oven and check. Seriously? I don't know. You should have definitely apologized. There is a update. It says, thank you all for your input and advice. I spoke to my girlfriend's mom and I apologize. We are okay now. I know I have a lot of learning and growth to go through and I appreciate the feedback. That is what we call a full circle moment. I don't know what I was trying to say. Full circle moment, everyone. Definitely apologize. When you make a mistake, apologize. Just own up to it. My God. You know what? I have one more. We'll do one more. Am I the asshole for upsetting my... Wait. Uh, okay. Am I the asshole upset my parents don't consider my adopted daughter their granddaughter? I adopted my husband's niece, Sarah, nine years ago. While it was hard for Sarah to adapt at first, she loves us and is our daughter. She's an amazing kid and loves me and my family. I'm currently pregnant, and two weeks ago, we found out it was a girl. When we told my parents, they were excited about their, quote, first granddaughter. It bothered me, but I tried to ignore it. But yesterday, I had enough. Mom was mentioning things to pass down, and I reacted stronger than I probably should have, but I was pretty mad. Sarah is their granddaughter since she was two. Luckily, they didn't say it around Sarah, but I was not happy. We had a fight over it. With them claiming that Sarah doesn't count and trying to justify it by saying she's from my husband's family, not ours. But she's my daughter, their granddaughter. She calls them their grandparents. My aunt or my sister is her aunt and my nephew is her cousin. If they don't accept Sarah, then there's no way I'm wanting them around either daughter. My husband thinks that what they said was wrong but thinks that I should let it go. He thinks it wasn't meant the way that I'm taking it. But with his history, he tends to be a bit of a pushover when it comes to family. Understanding, obviously, but still. And they haven't apologized. If anything, they've doubled down. I don't want Sarah hearing any of this. And I can't trust them to treat our girls equal. Then I can't trust them. Everyone else thinks I'm overreacting, but I don't agree. Am I the asshole? The verdict was not the asshole, and I agree. I think that it's absolutely inappropriate for them to not treat Sarah as your child if you treat her as your child. And she, you've had her since she was two? That's, that, that's a baby. Like, they've known her for how many years? She's a, she's a baby. You, you got her when she was a baby. And that was nine years ago. So now she's 11 years old. Like, she's old enough to feel like she's being treated differently. She's old enough to sense that. And regardless, like, I understand it's your bio, your first biological granddaughter, your first blood granddaughter. But guys, come on. Just because you're related by blood does not mean that you are family. And 
if your daughter is treating this girl as if she is her daughter, you need to be accepting or she's well within her rights and her boundaries to say, no, then I am not going to deal with this and I'm not going to have you around my kid. Totally fair. I think that parents can raise their children however they want to raise them until they're old enough to make the decisions for themselves about what they want to do with their lives. And this is just not cool. Not cool at all. And they should really be ashamed of themselves. And I feel like they should understand a little bit more. The husband, is, I think, is just trying not to be... He doesn't want to immediately go against his, his in-laws because that creates a really big issue. Like, I know for me, like, anytime there's an issue with my family and they try to put my husband in the middle of it, he tries to get me to see where they're coming from. And, oh, my God, it pisses me off. It makes me mad. It makes me mad as hell because then I feel like, oh my gosh, my husband is not listening to me and he's not taking my side and I'm his wife and he doesn't care about how his wife feels and he's he's just listening to these other people. But I think he truly is coming from a place of, well, I just want everybody to be in harmony and maybe there's a bigger picture to all of this and he, if he were to take sides against my family with me that would be an even bigger thing and that is involving him and Jama with them that he doesn't need to have obviously your husband is supporting you in this situation but I get why he's hesitant to be all in against your parents but what they said was wrong what they said was wrong and god forbid she heard that just you know I think it was you were well within your rights to Hold boundaries, especially when you're pregnant. Like, if they're not going to respect the boundaries that you have set now, what's going to happen when you have your baby? And they fully just cross your boundaries all the time. and They don't care. What's going to happen? You know, like, I had a similar situation happen with me where in my family, I told someone that, um, I needed to be, to be treated a certain way and I needed an apology for something. And I said that until I get that apology, I wanted very limited access with them in my life because I was not going to be around someone who didn't give me the respect of validating, validating my feelings and owning up to the responsibility of what they did. And my parents, my mom in you know specifically it was beside herself like well I just want everybody to get along you know for the sake of your baby I want everybody to get along so can't you just forgive and forget and because I am having a baby I am way more steadfast in my boundaries because I want them to know that this is how I feel this is the boundary that I'm setting and this is how I'm going to act until I get what I need which is completely completely fine and completely valid and if I just allow everyone to say well screw it like her feelings don't matter because for the greater good she should just get over it that leaves me feeling really unhappy unheard unlistened to and when I then have my baby the precedent is oh well Elle will just forget it. Elle will get over it for the greater good so that everyone can get along. Elle will 
will bite the bullet and she'll be the bigger person and move on. So I can mistreat her and I don't have to listen to her boundaries when it comes to her kid either. I'm not about to do that. Oh, guys, this has been a very heated episode. My goodness, I feel like I've really dropped some bombs on you. Um, I know that it, it, it was very controversial, everything that I, I said this time, but that's kind of just, that's how I am. I have very strong opinions, and that's why I made a podcast. Um, and like I said, I never intend to hurt anyone's feelings. Um, I respect everyone. Whatever you choose to do, whatever you decide to do with your lives, like, unless you're a furry, I respect everyone and your choices, um, even if I don't agree with them. And I can't thank you all enough for continuing to support me, even if you don't agree with my opinions. It still means the world to me that you continue to tune in every Tuesday and listen to what I have to say and complain about. So with that, I will leave you guys until next Tuesday. I hope that everybody has an amazing week. Please don't forget to like, rate, subscribe, review, do all the nice things for me. If you want to do something for me for Christmas, you can spread the word on Instagram about my podcast and suggest that people listen to it. Um, I would really love, I would really love that. I would really love the continued support. So that is the best thing that you guys can do for me for Christmas. Um, and I, I guess I'll leave you guys there. I will see you next week. And don't stop complaining. Bye.